Welcome everyone, we are about to begin with Esses Hashem Shalom Bayashir number 320. We started talking uh, last year regarding putting each other in a healthy, positive state of mind and how to put yourself in a more positive state of mind. And today we're going to talk a little more about how to go about doing that. And one of the ways is to increase positive anchors for yourself and for your spouse. Anchors, spelled A-N-C-H-O-R-S, over here, it's something that um, is something that's a uh, steadfast, fixed thing that refers in this context to any sound or word or picture or image or motion or touch that causes a reaction. So if a reaction is pleasant, the anchor is positive. If the reaction causes distress, then the anchor is negative. And a lot of these anchors are made spontaneously. So he explains, for example, if you're afraid of a dog, you're afraid of dogs, and you hear a rattle of a leash. So that rattle of that leash will associate you with that fearful feeling. Someone who loves dogs, and they hear that same rattle of the leash, they'll have a positive feeling about it. So similarly, when you smile sincerely to somebody, most people automatically smile back because your smile is a positive anchor. When you hear a song, that plays a simchadik and nigan, your mind will take you back to that joyous occasion and you'll have a pleasant reaction. Like some people, I'll give you an example, a positive anchor for many people who look forward to Yantiv and even look forward to Rosh Hashanah. It's Yom Adin, but it's still a special Yantiv and, and it's something very, very special about it. So many people, I, I related, friends, I also feel this way sometimes. The one by Myriv, you know, the nigga that they sing, na da 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 That itself brings that emotion and feeling that you that you felt even when you were younger, or even as a child when your your father took you to shul to have that feeling of that special yuntiv of that Rosh Hashanah nigan. Or sometimes, it, and Yom Kippur with their own things, and the Sanatei with their own things, and Yontiv with with um, with the, uh, its own thing, or or okay, so some people by just feeling hearing that nigan, they get into that warm feeling of Yontiv. That's what we call anchors. It gives you that access to that positive, pleasant feeling, and it shouldn't happen to anybody, but Chalila. Unfortunately, if, if let's say um, Shabbos, if, if it was very tense in the house and it was a negative, so that, that they need to put in a lot of effort to undo those negative anchors and replace it with positive ones, which is doable, but you see the power of a healthy proper chinuch. When you have a healthy proper chinuch and when the Shabbos table is always joyful, so when you sing Shalom Aleichem, whatever niggin you sing the Shalom Aleichem with, or those mirrors. It's not just seeing those mirrors then, it brings that tam and feeling of Shabbos into, into yourself to create that positive state. That's what we mean by anchors here. Picked a lot of mashalim, a lot of um, examples that connected to music and to nigunim, but it applies by visual and all different types of things as well. And that's a big Eitzatayva to do. Everyone has these positive anchors and negative anchors and you come into marriage a husband and wife they come with triggers sometimes things are very pleasant to them sometimes things are negative to them 
For example, um, you know, if, 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 if let's say the husband smokes and, and the wife, uh, I guess they knew about it from beforehand and her father also smoked and it was a negative thing. And so, so it has a negative anchor to her um, and, and, and things like that. Another thing that one can do is also learn how to transform a state of frustration into a state of enjoyment and it's doable and it's workable. One of the keys to do this, and once you learn this art, it becomes a tremendous, wonderful thing, is to learn how to transform seemingly mundane tasks that in the past caused you a lot of frustration or boredom, and to reframe it in a way where it actually is healthy for a marriage, and it brings about enjoyment. It's a valid reframe that allows you to increase your shalom bias and bring the shechina into your home instead of feeling frustrated to feel spiritually elevated. And this is by reviewing in your thoughts things to gain mastery over things that in the past you found boring or frustrating. And now you're shifting your uh, uh, emotions towards it, deciding intellectually, I'm going to make it more playful, more light, I may, as I'm sweeping the floor, which is mundane, I may sing, I may put on a little bit music or whatever it is, and that helps along with it. He brings a very interesting anecdote here. He writes about somebody, I'm shy, and it may seem I may seem a bit conservative to most people, but I've been blessed with a great imagination, and I fly through time and space in my mind. I relive Yetzirah Mitzrayim from, from Mitzrayim, actually seeing myself leaving with the rest of Klal Yisrael. I stand at the footsteps of Har Sinai at the giving of the Torah. I can watch the Beis Amigdash burning, and I can visualize how the third Beis Amigdash will be built. This makes my mundane tasks exciting and dramatic. When I do things for Shabbos, I envision in my mind of the universe being created now, and I'm preparing for that celebration of the Bria, of how Kaddish Baruch Hu created Yesh Ma'ayin, something from nothing. When I prepare for Pesach, I experience what it is like to be an Eved in Mitzrayim and being oppressed and the relief coming out to the present reality that I am free. So when you have to kasher a kitchen or you have to do this heavy work for Pesach or the shopping and you visualize this in your mind, it still, it still won't be easy. But nevertheless, it'll put a positive attitude and a simcha even to those mundane things that you have to do, that you know you need to do regardless. And um, when I need to throw something in the garbage pail, for example, I'm a professional basketball player, and I celebrate when the ball in, in the shape of a garbage makes a basket. And I hear the crowd cheering, and I score two points. It's an interesting way of looking at it. You know, you crumple up whatever it is, you throw it, and you got it in the basket. You psych yourself up into a more positive state of mind. If any member of the house does or does, does says something that I don't appreciate, as soon as I'm aware of my reaction, I, recreate, I create an enjoyable scene out of what just happened. Imagine I'm, I'm imagine myself as the Chavetz Chaim or of Levi Yitzchak or Baditchev or another powerful personality whose compassion and self-mastery and inner strength enables him to remain calm and centered. By the way, just this line over here, I want to tell you, is a very important line. You're going to say to yourself, who am I fooling? Me, the Chavetz Chaim? Me, Rabbi Levi Yitzchak of Baditchev? 
But the bottom line is, it's like the Sas Emes from Rav Bunim, I believe it is. The Seif Aschus brings it down. But basically, Masa Yagia, a person that has to say, how could my actions reach the actions of Avram, Yitzhak, and Yaakov? And the famous question is, is they, they can't. You're comparing yourself to the Avis? You're nothing compared to the Avis. But the answer is, is must say Yagia. Not that I will reach that level, but Yagia is a lotion of Nagia touching. I'm touching it. I have access to it. So you're, you're not, we're all not Levi Yitzhak Abadichev. We're not on, we, we don't come to his toenails. We don't understand his, his tzitkis, his godless, his greatness. But we could still be Messiah in our minds. We know the stories of how much he was Melamed Schusan Kla Yisrael, for example. So, for example, let's take that midah of loving every yid and looking always at the good of every yid. So, we're not Reb Levi Yitzchak Badechev. We're not expected to be. But we could take some of that chiyas from those stories we learned and heard about and take a situation. And do that for your wife or for your friend, and we don't look havschos and say, "Oh, you know, gewaldig," you know, and that puts you in a positive frame of mind, and it's a real thing, and it and it influences and it creates a tremendous warm environment. And now, it's not always appropriate to sh- pro- appropriate to share these imaginative dramas with others because some people think it's quite bizarre and they're out of touch with reality. Again, this is interesting. Ravigna Mill always used to say. Go into a quiet room, no one's listening, and just scream out, I love you, Hashem. Don't do it out loud, because everyone will think you're crazy. Thank you, Hashem, in public like that, you know. But at least, you know, quiet when no one's looking, you know, do that. He used to do say that all the time, for example, you know, when you go by, you see someone across the street, and you know, even if you don't know him that well, and he's a yid, and he's shame with mitzvahs, and he, and he keeps, uh, and he has a family, just give him, bra- bench him, bench him. Benchim, and that all these tziurim in the mind call this healthy mind games. These are healthy, very, very healthy mind games, meaning being metzayer, meaning envisioning tziur of a positive state, and prepare yourself for that. You can, you, you may not become the chavetz chaim or the badechava, but you'll be lifted above the ground that you are on when you think along those lines. One anecdote he he wrote is as follows: uh, Wife is talking, and she says, "If my wife, if my husband and I get into a fight, he is always the first one to apologize and make up. If it is a special quarrel that's especially hurtful, even if I had a major part in starting it, he take responsibility and apologize. Then, in a very gentle way, he take my wedding ring off and once again put it on my finger. And he does this. He says." With a, a special ahava and simcha, hareya mikdashesli, but abas zukedas moishev yisrael as he did under the chuppah, and it brings back many joyous memories. And our, ma- our marriage once again is has a kedusha, and it's contra- it has a special kedusha and uplifting feeling. In order to give happiness to my husband, I go out of my way to do things and go places, even though it is extremely difficult for me. If I told him that I was only doing this because he wanted me to. And it is stressful for me, he would forego many of these activities. So part of my sacrifice is that even if is is that I'm not even telling him that I'm making a sacrifice. And by the way, that's very important sometimes. You don't always have to tell your husband or your wife, this is difficult for me and I'm doing it for you. Firstly, is that very often, even if that's the case, after a while it'll get easier and it'll be more enjoyable. 
But anyway, the wife continues and says that sacrificing for my husband is relatively easy since he's so wonderful for me. Let me share two things he said recently. He wasn't feeling well, and I brought him some tea. And I mumbled under my breath, I'm so tired. And he, in a compassionate voice, said to me, tell me what's in your heart. And he listened, and my tiredness lifted. And a few days later ago, he said to me, you're a queen, and I'll do anything for you. How can I not reciprocate? So this is a very nice anecdote of how real ahava and loving words, which is the exact opposite of I know Astavarim, how much it could accomplish. You know, we talk a lot about the pain and devastation of I know Astavarim, but we need to realize what the positive effects of beautiful words are and encouraging words are. And the Chafetz Chaim talks about it in his Svarim and Shmir Salash and other places, also emphasizing the good the positive that comes from the good speech that you could say and you do say. Another thing it's an Eitzitayva also is to mentally prepare yourself not to get caught off balance, which takes a little practice and you learn from experience, but it's it's definitely something that you can work on and get better at, and then it's it, it really, really helps greatly in life and in marriage in particular. You know, when you're mentally prepared to deal with a challenge, it'll be easier to maintain that resourceful state. And you think about the challenges you are likely to you're likely to face in your marriage. Visualize yourself being in a state, you know, of your choice in those situations. And the more you practice this visualization, the deeper impression those visualizations will have in your brain. You'll actually be calmer and happier, even as these stressful situations are occurring. So when you walk into a room full of people, your state will change. If you don't feel comfortable with those people, you will likely enter a less resourceful state. But you can overcome this by repeating positive messages to yourself. For example, if you repeat, I will feel love and respect towards everyone in this room, you'll adapt to that attitude. Those who are more open to the power of self-suggestion will be affected more, but everyone will be affected to some degree. You could develop this power of auto-suggestion that will help you. When running a home, there are many times you will ask, have to ask, uh, have to stop the tasks you're involved in and take care of another task and then get back to your first task. Some find this more stressful than others, moving from one task to another. So it's a valuable skill to learn how to stop what you're doing, take care of a few things, and get back in a calm state, back to what you started with. And that takes practice and some visualization, but it's doable. One anecdote. He writes here, as I'm highly impatient and tend to explode easily, although I don't get angry for a long time. My son's bar mitzvah was going to be in a few days, and I was tense for our entire family. It's a general thing well known, that simchas, as beautiful as they are, do cause often tension and worry. That's very normal. We now have to have to learn how to handle it. My wife knows that I tend to react strongly when things go wrong, but she was concerned about my temper. She said something to me that was very helpful. And she told me, my wife told me as follows. She said to me, after the bar mitzvah, no one will remember the trivial mishaps and imperfections. But if you blow up and get upset Barabim, people will remember that for a very long time. And I listened to my wife and I agreed with my wife and kept repeating her message in my brain over and over again. I may have something upsetting, a nitty-gritty thing that happened by the bar mitzvah that will upset me, but if I blow my top or say something harsh, that they'll remember Lailavoyed, or for a very long time, Al him. 
that helped me learn how to stay focused in a proper, healthy way, you know, during the Bar Mitzvah. One more anecdote, and we'll end off with this anecdote. A friend of mine who is presently a, Tal- a, a Gemara, Magashir and Gemara, told me that he was studying in Kailan as preparation for El and Rosh Hashanah, and the Rosh Hashiva spoke about emulating Hashem's Chesed and Erech HaPayim, and he said this a lot during El. And my friend said that he mentally prepared himself to remain calm and patient regardless of frustrations that may occur. And it had results. That year, Rosh Hashanah was on a Thursday and a Friday. So that Shabbos, you know, you had a three-day yontiv. So on Wednesday, Erev Rosh Hashanah, right before he was going to yeshiva, he was in a high spiritual state, his wife asked him to move a large closet from one room to another room. And their young children needed more space, which to play during the next three days. The job was very difficult, took quite some time, much longer than he and his wife originally thought. And he said that had he not been working on the quality of remaining calm and patient, he would have been very frustrated and very angry. Before Rosh Hashanah, he had wanted to learn a lot of Torah, learn Musr, but because of these talks he had learned, he viewed moving the closet as a spiritual work to emulate HaKadosh Baruch Hu, who, who, he, who he is going to daven to on Rosh Hashanah. That is a very, very powerful thing. And that happens a lot, by the way, um, even on, let's say, you have a more ruchniistic minded husband, and he really wants to learn, and he wants his Erev Shabbos to be, you know, and he prepared in advance that he should have a calm, peaceful Erev Shabbos, and get into learning and go into Shabbos in a calm way. And things happen in the house, some mishaps, some this and that, and your wife is asking you for your help, and this. You need to learn how to adjust your pattern and need to switch the gears and realize when you're switching gears, this is what HaKadosh Baruch Hu wants from you at this particular moment in time. And this is how he wants you to, to, he wants you to serve him in this particular moment in time. And this could happen in very uh, auspicious occasions uh, by Simchas, Shabbos, uh, Yontav meals, even Seder nights, even Kippur nights, where sometimes you're you're expecting and you always you are hopeful uh, to um, you know accomplish something, and instead you know something else came and you had to do a certain chesed that you didn't feel great about because your your plans were 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 um, were you know derailed. But you know, this is this, this is Hakadosh Baruch Hu talking to you. Sometimes it's like this when you you know you're learning a little extra and you're excited, and so when you there's a phone call and you know this person needs my chesed right now, he needs encouraging words. I'm going to pick up my phone. I will derail you know my certain mahalach over here. I'm not talking about the certain times where you kavei itim latayra where you have a right to say this hour or half hour, whatever it is, no matter what, I'm not interrupted. I'm talking about a different matzav where. You know, generally, you, 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 it's not during that time, and you, you, you want to learn something, and then your friend calls, and you know this is a situation where he really, really needs my, my chizik and my encouragement, and you go out of your way to help him. Or even in Kippur night, you were thinking about um, learning and saying, tell him for, for, for a, an hour, two hours, and then, but you notice on the way home from shul, there's an elderly person, need to, un- uh, you know, let, um, um, unwind and 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 talk talk to you, and he felt the need to talk to you, and you're listening, and you're listening patiently. It's in Kippur night, 
But and you think to yourself in your head, out of all the things that I need to do, I'm listening to him talking about trivialities right now. I really wanted to run home, and um, I still have a, an hour and a half, two hours before I'm ready to go to sleep, where I could pour out my heart and say to Hillim or say over to Zaka or learn a, a, a little Mishnayis Yuma, whatever he had in his mind to do. And here he is. He spent 10 minutes, 15 minutes, 20 minutes, 30 minutes um, of his time listening to somebody and not necessarily uh, the most um, deep things, but just because the person needed to unwind and give, you know, to unburden himself. But that is what HaKadosh Baruch Hu wants from you at the moment. Shalom Bayis, this happens so many times where your wife needs you for a particular thing and even if it doesn't fit your schedule to go about doing it. So this is very helpful too. Last year with the states, this year with the positive anchors and how to transform your states into positive thing, in positive states of mind and to relive those states and to mentally prepare yourself so you don't get off balance. And all this will help greatly enhance Shalom Bayez. Hatzlochem Bracha.